This is my tribe. 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 What's up? Welcome to the Tribe Night Messages podcast. Tribe Night is for students who are curious about faith and eager to discover how a relationship with Jesus could change their lives, their schools, and the heartland. For more information, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at cstone.students or text tribe to 94000. Hope you enjoy the message. Excited to be here tonight? No. Yes. Are you guys awake? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we are in for a special treat tonight. Hayden Taylor is in the house, and he's going to be sharing the tribe message with us tonight. Yeah. Excitement throughout the land. Hayden's been here since like the summer. He went to Puge had a big impact on our students at Fuge, and me and him have been meeting twice a week at 6 a.m. at the good old Starbucks, and he has a desire to get to know Jesus better, and a desire to shape his skills and become a disciple of Christ, and in the process, help other people come along the journey with him. And one thing we are excited about around here at Tribe is students stepping into their calling, students going into the next step of what God's calling them to. So tonight, some of you might see yourself one day standing in the space that Hayden's standing in, delivering a message to your peers, and the tribe leaders, me and Morgan, the people that are in this room, want to make sure we're giving you the tools necessary to be able to accomplish what God's called you to do here at Tribe, in your communities, and in your school. So If you find yourself sitting there, make sure you find someone and talk to us before you leave tonight, and we'll get you on your journey and your 6 a.m. meetings. They don't all have to be at 6 a.m. I don't know why you chose 6 a.m. I normally sleep at 6 a.m. But anyways, I'm going to stop talking and let Hayden talk, but can y'all give him the biggest round of applause? What is up? Can we give Tivo and Morgan a round of applause? If it wasn't for them, I would not be here right now. So, like Tivo said, my name's Hayden. My friends call me Hayday, so just call me whatever. Uh, so, to get to know me, a couple things about me. I'm a Green Bay fan. <clears throat> and I'm a Cubs fan. Anyways, uh, <laughs> I love egg rolls. Best food ever. Yeah. And I play football. Well, I don't really play, but we'll get to more on that later. But man, do I love fishing. So what? Linebacker. 
I'd do. Anyways, uh, but yeah, I love fishing. So I love fishing so much that I just assume everyone likes fishing. And so me and my buddy, right, Hunter, you guys have seen him around here. We took our friend one time to go fishing for the first time. And, we, you know, we got him in the truck. We're on our way up there, and we're hyping him up. Like, we're telling him how awesome the fish are going to be, how big they're going to be. He's getting a little excited. You know, he's hyped. So we get there. We drive the four-wheeler back to, his, uh, to the lake, and then he sees the boat. He hates boats. Never been on a boat before, so this is going to be his first time. He was terrified. It was just a little John Deere boat, you know. But at the same time, the troll motor died, so it was just two paddles, me and Hunter. And so we hype him up. We get him ready. He's, he finally agrees to go on the boat. So paddling out there, I look behind me. He's like, I have both hands on. He's like shaking. And we get out there, and we get our first cast out there, and then we hear thunder. We see the lightning, and the rain starts to come down. And we're like, you know, maybe it'll pass. We look at the forecast earlier. It didn't say anything, so we just, we trusted it. About five minutes later, there's like a wall of rain and wind, and it just, it goes in the boat, and we're just shaking everywhere. And in that moment, Colin's freaking out, right? He's about to cry. He's like, we're going to die. And so me and Hunter, we're like, we're just, we'll hold there, right? We'll stay there. And it doesn't stop. So we start paddling. We're a little scared. It starts, we start going like back 10 feet. And we're paddling. We're going fast. And about a good 30 minutes goes by. And we're still there. <laughs> right? So Colin's over there crying. I, I saw him on his phone. He had his phone out at one point, And later on, I checked. And on his snap story, he said that, like, we're going to die or something. So we finally, finally let down a little bit. And we make our way back, just enough where I can, like, jump out of the boat and drag us over to the land. And I remember we getting out. I drag the boat on. Hunter gets out. We're about to get on the four-wheel and look back, and Colin's still there on the boat, like, holding on to the sides. But just, like, in that moment, he was, like, he was terrified. He thought we were going to die at one point. Like, he genuinely thought we were going to die. And just like Joseph at one point, Colin didn't see the bigger picture. Colin thought we were going to die. Joseph probably thought he was going to die. You see, we'll get more to Joseph later, but what you need to know is his life was crazy. Like, during the difficult situations that he was in, Joseph, Joseph was, like, upset. He was angry. He didn't see the bigger picture. And when we find ourselves in situations similar to Joseph, we often ask the question, what's the point? So you remember earlier whenever I said football, how I play, but I don't really play? Well, here's why. About two months ago, I injured my femur during practice, and it just, it took a toll on me. Like, I, I had worked so hard. Get, go back, it was right before season started, too. And I had worked so hard on and off the field to be the best out there. Like, I... I genuinely thought, like, I did it right. I thought it was my year to finally do something special. I, I was so ready. But just one practice, just one hit, I was out. And it hurt. Like, I, it hurt. I remember there was nights I was up crying. Like, I didn't understand. I asked questions. Like, I was mad at God at some points. I was genuinely, like, like why? Why did this happen? What did I do wrong? Like, Why? And maybe you've asked, what's the point? Because of situations at school, maybe you don't understand why you have to take calculus. 
why you have to take geometry or any math degree, right? Or maybe it's at home. Maybe you don't want to do chores. You don't want to babysit. Maybe you don't want to take your brothers or sisters to school or just anywhere. Or maybe it's just disappointment. Maybe you didn't make that team you wanted to make. You didn't get the captain. Maybe it just didn't go your way. Or maybe it was like truly painful, a truly serious situation. Maybe someone in your family died or they got really sick. You know, maybe it's something that you just, you can't help and you're, you're angry. See, maybe it's with your faith. Maybe you pray and God doesn't answer the prayer your way. Maybe you read the Bible, but you don't feel a change. You see, we all experience difficult things in our lives. It can make you miss the bigger picture, and it can make, you, it, can make it nearly impossible to see how anything good can come from it. So let's go back to Joseph. He was thrown into a well by his brothers. Then he was thrown into slavery by his brothers. Then he was taken to Egypt to work for a guy named Potiphar. And, you know, everything looked good. Potiphar was a good guy. I mean, he trusted Joseph. So things looked up for him until it didn't, until Joseph was falsely accused for something he didn't do. Can you imagine how that made him feel? Like the questions he was asking, God, you've got to be kidding me. Why me? What did I do wrong? And I think that's a fair question to ask. He tried so hard to do the right thing, but he just came up short. And if I were Joseph, I'd definitely be asking those questions and having a hard time seeing the bigger picture. But God did see the big picture. God did see the bigger picture. He was working behind the scenes. And even during Joseph's pain, God was working for good. But Joseph couldn't see it yet. But Joseph wasn't alone in prison, you see. In prison, Joseph was with cup, or Potiphar's cupbearer and baker. And so you can probably guess the role of a baker, but I guarantee none of you guys have heard of a cupbearer. It's not something we hear every day. The cupbearer is a trusted person of the Pharaoh who gives him drinks and makes sure there's not, they're not poisoned. And those just sound like two regular guys, right? No. What Joseph didn't see, well, those two guys are very important in their lives. Let's take a look. If you guys have your Bible, you can turn to Genesis 45.8. While they were in prison, Pharaoh's cupbearer and baker each had a dream one night. And each dream had its own meaning. When Joseph saw them the next morning, he noticed that they both looked upset. Why do you look so worried today, he asked. And they replied, we both had a dream last night, but no one can tell us what they mean. And at first, that doesn't seem like that cool of a story, right? No. Those dreams were predictions of what might happen in the future. That's how dreams were back then. So Joseph told the cut bear and the baker that he would listen to their dreams and he would interpret them. He told the cut bear that in three days, he would be restored back to his old position. And then he told the baker, in three days, he'd be executed. I would much rather be the cupbearer. So Joseph had one request to the cupbearer. As he went out of prison and back to his old position, that he would tell the Pharaoh about Joseph and that he could get him out of prison. So let's take a look at what happened. Genesis 40, 20, 23. Pharaoh's birthday came three days later, and he prepared a banquet for all of his officials and staff. He summoned his chief cupbearer and chief baker to join the other officials. He then restored the chief cupbearer to his former position. So he could then hand Pharaoh his cup. But Pharaoh impaled the chief baker, just as Joseph had predicted when he interpreted his dream. 
Pharaoh's chief cupbearer, however, forgot all about Joseph, never giving him another thought. So there's two things to take notice in here. First, everything God had told Joseph came true. And second, after everything Joseph did for the cupbearer, he forgot about him. He was forgotten. Can you imagine how that made him feel? You can only assume he was asking those same questions again. Why me? What did I do? When is anything going to change? And for a while, that probably seemed true. See, as the Bible tells, tells us, it took two whole years for the cupbearer to finally remember Joseph's promise. Two whole years. Joseph didn't know what was happening. Two whole years that God was working behind the scenes. But two whole years that Joseph was confused. He couldn't see the bigger picture. But can you really blame him? I mean, two years. That's an incredibly long time to think, where's God? What is he doing? Does anyone remember fidget spinners? <laughs> two years ago, I bet you could go anywhere and see someone with a fidget spinner. Right? I bet you guys had one. I remember begging my mom to buy a fidget spinner. I used to, like, send her them on text for Amazon. But now, I see, all I see fidget spinners are on the ground. Like, I don't see anyone with fidget spinners anymore. That's kind of how Joseph was. He was forgotten. Everyone knew about him before, and then he was in prison, and he was forgotten. No one knew Joseph anymore. He was forgotten. But can you imagine two years until Pharaoh had a dream? That's whenever the cupbearer finally remembered his promise. And just like that, things turned around for Joseph. He got his chance. Pharaoh called on Joseph to interpret his dream and get him help, get him out of there. So let's look what happened. Genesis 41, 39, 40. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has revealed the meaning of the dreams to you, clearly no one else is as intelligent or as wise as you are. You will be in charge of my court and all of my people will take orders from you. Only, only I, sitting on my throne, will have a rank higher than yours. So finally, after all the struggle, after all the suffering, the slavery, the imprisonment, dealing with being abandoned, Joseph finally got the good news. But it wasn't about the good news. It wasn't about the happy ending. It wasn't about the nice promotion. It was about seeing the bigger picture. See, what Joseph didn't realize while he was in prison, that God was writing a bigger story, a story only he could do. But he didn't see that through the painful and the difficult situations he was put through. Joseph's story was difficult. It was painful, and it was filled with problems. But through those problems, God was creating a better future. You see, Joseph just had to be willing to trust God and you, that he could use him right where he was. God is working behind the scenes. And that's the same for us. We may never understand what we're dealing with or what we're going through, but we just have to trust in God. We have to know that he's working behind our scenes. And although the bigger picture might not be what we expected it to be, there's still a bigger picture. We have to trust that God is right where, he, right where we are. We have to trust that he's working towards what's best for us, even whenever we cannot see it. In other words, when you can't see the bigger picture, trust that God is working for your good. All right, let's backtrack back to my knee. I kind of left you guys on a cliffhanger. So last Friday, I finally got cleared after two months. And 
<laughs> I guess you can say that I didn't see the bigger picture. See, whenever I was asking those questions, while I was angry as God, at God, I didn't realize that if it wasn't for me getting injured, I wouldn't be up here right now. If it wasn't for me getting injured, I wouldn't have enough time to prepare for this. So in the end, I can say I'm thankful for getting injured. Because this is what I want to do. If it wasn't for that injury, I wouldn't realize that. So maybe you guys ask your questions. Like, how can I see the bigger picture? Right? So how do we do that? Instead of struggling, how do we find the point? How do we trust that God is working for your good? Let's start with these steps. Let's exercise your faith. On a daily basis, choose to believe and trust that God is working for your good. And say these words over and over again if you're struggling with that. God, you are good no matter what. And you have everything in control. Say those words over and over and over again till you believe it. And you know, tonight, maybe some of you guys have a hard time exercising your faith because you haven't surrendered your life to Jesus. Maybe you have a hard time believing that he's working behind the scenes, you know? Maybe you've heard that Jesus came to earth, lived perfectly, and died for you, but you just never fully given your life to him. I was there at one point. I knew God was real, and I believed his stories. I just hadn't made an effort to reach out to him. Whenever I was 16, I finally decided that I was going to make that decision. I was going to invite Jesus to control my life, and I was going to surrender my desires to him. And I would encourage each and every one of you that are feeling like that tonight to make that next step. Don't leave here without making that step. And if you are feeling like you can talk to me, a tribe leader, your parents, just don't leave here without making that step. You won't regret it. Next, look for the good. When we're in difficult situations, we want to rush past them. But sometimes we need to take a step back. You might learn something about yourself or those around you. And while you might not see God working, you can still choose to look. Still choose to look for the good. Seek encouragement. When you lose sight of the truth that God is working for your good, seek and lean to other people. Lean to those around you. Ask for their stories. Use their stories to help you. How did they overcome it? Use that to overcome yours. And so remember, when you can't see the bigger picture, trust that God is working for your good. And as we move into worship tonight, think about this one question. What's one situation in my life right now that I don't know that I don't see the bigger picture and I don't know why it's happening. I don't know what's the point. So what's one situation in your life right now that you don't understand of? Let's pray. Dear Lord, I just ask that as we leave here tonight, that we leave here different than we came in, that you can touch each and every one of us, that what we learn, we can apply it to our lives, and we can help make disciples. Lord, I ask that those situations in our life where we have a hard time seeing the bigger picture, that we can choose to trust you, that we can know that you're working behind the scenes. Lord, be with us throughout this week, throughout our lives. 
and we love you, and we thank you so much for everything you've done for us. It's in your name we pray. Amen.